Hi, everyone. Just before we get going, I want to remind you that everything we talk about and discuss should not be considered as investment advice. The purpose of what we talk about on Catherine Murray Media and Markets on YouTube, as well as Catherine Murray in conversation with on my podcast, should be viewed as informational and entertainment purposes only. Please definitely do your own research, your own homework, and definitely consult an investment professional before making any investment decisions. And also to note, some of us might hold positions in some of the stocks uh, that we discuss. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Top 5 at 5. I am Catherine Murray, and always pleased to be able to bring you the top minds in investing. Today, we've got Diana Avidor. She's the head of trading at Barometer Capital. Diana, great to have you with us today. There's certainly a lot going on today. Feels like a bit of a better day in the markets versus what we've been seeing. So th- thanks for being with us to kind of unpack everything that's going on. And why don't we start with that in terms of just kind of the top-down view that you're observing? Thanks, Catherine, for having me. Always nice to see you. Um, yeah, we have a little bit of a better day um, today. Actually, um, as a trader, I'm going to put my trading hat on. Um, the betterment in the market kind of started last middle of last week towards the end of last week. We've had um, quite a, a challenging year so far, I guess. Um, markets hate uncertainty. Um, and the way the rates uh, yields, the way the yields rallied in the market, um, from the beginning of the year, the speed with which and the magnitude with which uh, yields went up kind of toppled a lot of uh, correlations. Um, bond equity uh, portfolios needed to be rebalanced in a particular way. Um, currencies needed to be rebalanced. It's all interconnected. So it wasn't, you know, I think we spoke in the beginning of the year and I said, We've seen generational lows in rates, and actually we've said this for over a year now. We knew when we were at $17 trillion negative yielding bonds and in the in globally, that we're probably seeing generational lows in rates. And so rates needed to go up. And when we came out of COVID and started to, uh, you know, using services and traveling again and, 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 and so forth, that created a, a jump in demand, which pushed up prices, which created inflation. But inflation like this is not bad inflation. Uh, inflation that created because of reopening and growth and demand and consumption um, at generational low rates, that was a good thing. So rates going up because of that, that's good inflation. What started happening, of course, we had geopolitical uh, issues in China closing down, uh, particularly Russia and Ukraine geopolitical. And that created a situation where commodities started jumping up. and. That inflation is not good inflation. That kind of inflation is just a tax on the consumer. So markets started to go into a bit of a funk. And as you know, we're down um, quite substantially year to date. Um, Last week, um, early last week, it was maximum negativity. We have very little exposure in the market. Lots of people sold stuff. Uh, Portfolios, particularly active portfolios like hedge funds, and commodity traders and uh, volatility traders, those have all gotten out of the market, price insensitive sellers. Um, and and market was at maximum negative sentiment and positioning. Um, and so you knew that it priced in for now um, uh, the sell-off. Um, and we've been having a couple of better days. We'll see how we'll see how long this can last. We yeah. are 
running into resistances, uh, but the market could rally maybe 5% before we have to start dealing with seeing how it is this um is this just a um a bear market rally i mean that's kind of the comments that, that are going on today i know a uh, lot of again this feeds into maximum negativity we a barometer think that we're still in the secular bull market a secular bull market can have pretty lengthy periods of uh correction um we could have a down year and it may not necessarily mean we're in a secular bear market. Um, we think that um, there is pockets of strength um, and we're monitoring that all the time. We believe that 80% of your return comes from being in the right environment. So being in the right sector. You pick your sector right and then go into the stocks that you like within that sector, mm -hmm. you're okay. You can love a stock and it could be a great stock, but if it's in the wrong sector, it won't work for as long as the sector is out of favor. Yeah. Yep. So commodities, materials, um, you know, they, agriculture, they kind of worked um, when growth was the theme in the beginning of the year. Um, and so at the end of the sell-off, call it last week, they came for the stronger ones, including these ones, because they sold this technology down substantially uh -huh. before that. They came for the stronger ones to sell those down. And now when we look at what's, what's getting better here, it's the same material, it's the same sectors that were strong in the beginning of the year before the geopolitical issues hit. Um, so materials and energy and dividend growth and agriculture and defense. And those are some of the sectors that we uh, we favor in our portfolios right now. Okay, um, let's talk about some of the stocks. Um, speaking of the fertilizers, um, Nutrien is one of your top picks. Yes. Why, why is that? And what's going on with the fertilizers in general? Yeah, so, um, you know, so, so agriculture. So uh, Russia, Ukraine, are big suppliers of grain to the world. And given the geopolitical environment, this created uncertainty. Uh, as well, um, we, have, we have had unfavorable weather in the US, um, which created a, a, a more strenuous uh, environment. Um, so, so Nutrien is in the right sector. Um, they have two key agriculture segments, uh, potash and nitrogen, um, which both are under global capacity constraints. So prices are going up and they're able to, um, to, to benefit from, from, um, from, from the pricing and, and create a, a, a margin uh, benefit. A lot of companies in this market environment, inflationary call it, do suffer from or can suffer from uh, margin erosion. Um, as prices go up, prices of the inputs, supply bottlenecks, and so forth. So for a company to have, to maintain and increase its margins um, is, is something that we'd be looking for, and, and this company fits that bill. And, and so Nutrien is able to increase their prices, but what about their own input costs? So they, um, 
that, that, that they are able to increase production enough to help offset um, the, uh, the input cost that increase that they, um, that they um, uh, experience. Um, and, uh, and, and global capacity still remains tight. So they have more pricing power. Um, you, you, see, you see today Walmart reported. Yeah. And, um, and they, they told you, they told you that they're seeing margin erosion because they're not able to, they don't have as much pricing power uh, to pass on as some other companies. So you're looking for companies that are able um, to pass on whatever input cost price increases mm-hmm. so that they can maintain or increase their margin. There's mm-hmm. enough there that mm-hmm. they're able to do that. Um, let's take a look at another one. Um, so saying, staying with the fertilizers, right? You've got potash as another top pick. No, potash is oh. not, is not oh. one. Uh, nutrient, one of their key is potash. Uh, is, yes. is the potash. So. Got it. And then the again, next- markets are extremely tight in that area. Okay. Um, and, uh, and so they're, you know, nutrient is able to benefit from that, that perspective as well. Okay. Their, main, their two key agricultural components is potash and nitrogen. Right. Um, and you, you think that, I, will let, I know what I was going to ask you, the, um, the stock price, what, what's reflected in the stock price right now? Um, what do you mean? From a, val- from a valuation perspective, how attractive um, is it to step in today? How attractive, like w- whether we recommend buying it today? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, we think that, we think that it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, Poised to go higher. Uh, it's not only, you know, you might say, I guess your question could refer to what happens if Russia and uh, Ukraine situation uh, is better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and with that is, is a pricing and a geopolitical premium. And, uh, and so um, the issue on the geopolitical side is that um, if there is a betterment in, the, in, let's say, war ends tomorrow, um, is Russia going to be able to sell their uh, produce uh, in the world? Are sanctions going to go away immediately? Right. And the answer is, I think not. I think the world is uh, pretty angry at what, uh, what's been going on. And I think those sanctions remain. And that, by the way, um, will apply to energy as well. Right. So... Uh, the world doesn't go back. Something has changed from a global balance perspective with with this um, with Russia and Ukraine situation, where Russia has put itself in a situation where it likely doesn't go back, mm-hmm. uh, at least not in the near term. Sanctions remain, and so those stresses that this situation created, both agriculture and energy, are likely to remain. Okay. Um, let's take a look at another top pick of yours, TOU. So uh, tourmaline, um, you know, natural gas and, you know, uh, fertilizer, energy, so oil and natural gas, they're all kind of bunched into, um, I would bunch it into the same idea that this is where you kind of need to be. Um, be it because of the geopolitical situation or it, or be it because the economy is, is growing. And, and so there's going to be increase in demand uh, from that perspective, which is what supported this sector even before 
the war started. So tourmaline, best in class gas producer in Canada, um, extremely strong management team, um, guided to a special dividend every year. Um, and by the way, in the market that um, may not be firing on all cylinders, so technology is not acting that great or, and it's a big portion and all that. So, you know, there's some fears out there when you're being surgical in your picks. Dividend growth and dividend stability um, is, is, a, is a paramount importance when you pick your stocks. So margin, sustainability, and increase dividends, sustainability, debt repayment, strong management team. Those are all the metrics. And whatever company you're looking for, as long as it's in the right neighborhood, right sector, those are some of the some of the some of the marks that you should tick off. Um, you choose your stocks. So tourmaline is is one of them. They also had um, an LNG deal with Chenier. Yeah, which allows them access to um, to Japan and Korea. Um, you asked what priced in to Nutrient. Well, we think that in tourmaline's case this contract is not priced in. And so you have some upside there. And why isn't it priced in? And, and what does it really give them? So Tourmaline doing a deal with Chenier down in the States. Um, so so that, gives them, that gives them access to, uh, the, to Korea and Japan uh, market. Um, and, uh, you know, for, for some reason, you know, analysts think that maybe that's not, and that's not, there's not enough upside bump in there but we think that there is. Mm -hmm. One would think there would be, especially, you know, to be able to partner with Chenier. Yeah. Okay. Um, what, one question as well, when you, when you talk about liking companies right now with dividends and dividend growth, which I agree, just given the, all the uncertainty, you know, it's nice to know that I'm going to get paid something for holding the risk of, of stocks, which, you know, are obviously very volatile, but at the same time, uh, when you have a rising rate environment, dividend stocks tend not to perform as well, or at least that's the theory. So um, we don't need to maximize value. We need to have value. And you need to balance. So what you're saying, I don't disagree with it at all. Um, but you need some stability if you fear that there is a little bit of a bumpy road ahead as the market adjusts to a higher rate environment. Um, so the question, so going back to the beginning of our conversation, the market doesn't like instability. Market can price in everything as long as it's, it knows what is the case. In the case of what's going on right now um, and inflation, we all know, we're, so in the US it's about 8%, which is high. Everybody knows that it's going to taper off because the bulls are saying, oh, inflation is coming off. Why are rates going up so much? Everybody knows that this is bottlenecks and the bottlenecks will, will, will balance out and inflation is going to come down. That's not the question. The question is what the terminal rate of, uh, of inflation is, what the sticky inflation is, what sticks, what doesn't go back. And so um, if you're looking for inflation, if the feds are looking for inflation at two, two and a half percent, the sticky inflation is at five then the Fed can't stop raising rates and Canada won't stop raising rates either. And so then it brings us to what is the terminal rate of interest rates? What, wh where will we end? 
Yeah. And so as this, as we're, as we're, and this is what the market, this is why the market's doing what it's doing. These are the unknowns right now. Um, and so as it's pricing in higher band of inflation and rate and the lower band of inflation and rate, it doesn't know, it just sloshes around in this, in this range right now until more data comes in, more earnings reports come out, the geopolitical premium might hopefully be taken out of, out of the market and then where does it stabilize? So in this moving environment, dividend stability yeah. and growth, it's not a bad thing to have, even if, and, and not all your portfolios are one thing, hopefully you are diversified and you have some companies that are maybe smaller cap and a little more risky and a little more torque, then you have companies that are more stable, creating yourself a little bit of an anchor in the portfolio. So it doesn't have a kind of upside and downside volatility that may perhaps you can't stomach. Yeah, fair, fair point. There is, um, there is room for that kind yeah, of Yeah, there's room for it. Yeah, no, I agree. It does. It is nice to actually have, I've been adding dividend stocks for quite some time now, just yeah. for that. Yeah, for the long term. I actually bought, not to segue here, but I did buy some of the REITs with like, you know, right during COVID, like smart centers, oh, when I could get like a, or, you know, an 8% yield and automotive property rates. Yeah. That's fantastic. Even you know, it's Exxon. Like, it's like, yeah, it's Exxon like, I have like an 8% yield on. Which one? Exxon. You know, somebody, <laughs> uh, somebody that always picks growth stocks picked Exxon today as part of their uh, recommended portfolio. Yeah. Great relative strength. Yeah, I, I think I bought it. I bought it about a year and a half ago, two years ago, something like that. You're good. Lucky. You know, somebody had been telling me about it to, to look at it for two years. And I was just looking, looking, waiting. But to your point about sectors and when sectors work. Yeah. You know, that's kind of when I was like, when I started to see the sector start to work energy. So, yeah. Yeah. But, 80%, uh, I mean, studies have shown that 80% of a portfolio return comes from being in the right sector. Unbelievable. You can be, you know, Apple could be a fantastic stock, but it's still off. And it was the last one to be sold. Because yeah. it was a store of value. And Apple is not going anywhere. And it has a huge balance sheet in the buyback. And it's going to be a, it's going to be a good long-term stock. Yeah. But it's just out of favor. Yeah. Speaking of which, do you think tech gets back in favor? It's not, we're not talking about tech today, but, but you, you know, you've been involved in tech for years. Yeah. So, um, technicals matter. Um, technicals, technical, of technicals of technology stocks matter. Technicals of everything matters. A yeah. good stock should have a price behavior that reflects its goodness. If you think a stock is good and the price is at a 52 week low, you got to scratch your head and ask yourself, why is the price action? not reflecting what you think in the stocks or company's excellence mm -hmm. and, um, and, and find a reason. And if you're okay with the reason, be it the market's not giving it credit for something or, you know, you have to find a reason. But if you don't know why a stock is trading at a low, when mm -hmm. you think it's so fantastic, you gotta, you gotta ask yourself why. Yeah. So technicals, technical analysis, matters because it, it kind of tells you what the stock price action is and where it might pause and what it needs to do. Not like you buy stocks because of the technicals, but it needs to confirm 
And yeah. we need to know where to watch out for and see behavior. So technology stocks have really sold down hard. Mm-hmm. And so technically, um, <clears throat> moving averages, which, which kind of what we use as main inputs to that, to technical analysis, are coming up from above and they're downward sloping. And the stocks are coming from the bottom to hit these resistance levels. And there is a good portion because they've been sold down so hard. So they could rally. Let's call it, let's just talk index because the individual stocks could do more or less. But let's say NASDAQ could rally 5% and still look bad. Right. So there is some room for deeply oversold stuff. And I don't know if you've been following Kathy Wood's ARC ETF. Yeah. stuff. It's off, I don't know, 70% from from highs this year. Um, She actually had flows in, like you can follow last week. Uh, People were really loving the fact that she didn't steer away from her mandate, that she stuck to her guns. And so I guess if you have 100% of your portfolio and you want to put 5% in something, it's good to know that your manager is not moving from what you're getting. Anyway, there's been some cash inflows, rare cash inflows into that fund last week. So people are trying to pick bottoms a little bit. Yeah, a bit of a healthy sign. There could be a bit of tech rally. Yeah. But it's still still pretty. A lot of damage in there. Yeah. Let's take a look at your next topic, Um, Enbridge, ENB. Enbridge. So we were talking about the merits of stability. Yeah. Uh, In a market environment that what we've had, um, you know, stable, defensive, utility, um, uh, anchors your portfolio, um, focused on paying down debt, um, you know, uh, share buyback. Um, um, We have um, uh, a counterparty risk for Enbridge has decreased. they strengthened their balance sheet. Um, by the way, oil and gas sector balance sheets in general have been getting much better and um, good good cash, yeah. cash levels. So, so balance sheet uh, stability is important there. And, and really there's nothing sexy about Enbridge. It's just good, stable, dividend, shareholder, payback. Yeah. Uh, stuff that you need in the market environment that I mean, you know, markets are off, what, 20% off highs constitute bear market. Yeah. Um, again, we think, we'll, we'll see if we enter a prolonged bear market. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly in a secular bull market, we could have, could have a year that is not so great. We've had a very great run. Yeah, we've had a great run. You have uh, to be surgical. You have to be surgical. Yeah, surgical in your approach for sure. Um, and your last one, just in the interest of time, um, in the defense sector. Ah, um, Lockheed Martin, um, defense. defense. Again, let's talk about the neighborhood. Um, there isn't a country in the world that is now cutting defense budgets. Um, right. right? Yeah. Um, uh, defense budgets are at least gonna be stable, if not growing. Uh, there is no electorate that is opposed to their government raising defense budgets, so um, so 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 that's not an impediment. Um, Lockheed Martin, as are some other uh, defense companies, 
stable visible revenue their contracts are long in nature um what are the valuations like um i'd have to look up exactly um what the okay i'm just wondering like again like how much damage has been done to some of the defense stocks yeah so you know and by the way valuation um this correction in the market is a good cleansing. Yeah. Valuation perspectives. Uh, sometimes bear markets give you opportunities. It at least cleanses some of the valuation excesses. It's it's down um, about six percent just over the past month, up by about twenty four percent on a year to date basis, but down six percent over the. So it's come come off about six percent. Oh, it's, it's trading at sixteen and a half p. That's not bad at all. I mean, it's 13 and a half, but forward P is 16 and a half, not bad at all. Hmm. And, uh, and it's trading at a, at a, at a price, uh, what we call peg price to growth of 2.6. Okay. Gross yield, two and a half percent. Yeah. Five year dividend growth of 10%. Wow. That's and, nice. Uh, so it's not, you know, I'm just looking yeah. at uh, the Bloomberg screen here. And Diana, why why Lockheed over um, some of the other defense companies? Um, you know, like um, I mean, I mean, you know, you gotta you gotta pick one. Um, they're all. I mean, if I look at Northrop Grumman, for example, is trading is more expensive. Um, their gross yield is lower, mm. so I think the chart um, looks pretty much the same. Okay. Uh, Okay. All right. Um, Dana, we will wrap it up. Um, I guess any parting words just in terms of the volatility that we're seeing in the market? So we have 15% cash. That's pretty high for us. Wow. Um, I think uh, as a word of advice to people, um, being a disciplined seller, being a good seller is very, very important. If your stocks break down, uh, don't keep them hoping they'll go back up. Sell your losers first, keep your winners. Otherwise you'll be left with a portfolio of losers because you've sold all your winners. So, um, you know, so um, that, that's what got us to the 15% cash um, as, as the markets were selling off and, and relative to the market, our portfolios have done very well. I mean, we're barely down a couple of percent or so. Mm-hmm. Um, in the market that's down a lot and you know we loved technology we were high technology and, and yeah we would have stayed with our weight uh of of past times without being disciplined sellers we would have ended up down a lot given what happened in the tech market but we had no tech uh, actually our long shorts funds actually went short some of the some of the mm-hmm. tech stuff and made some money on it but this being a disciplined seller is is of paramount importance, almost as much, if not more, as picking the right stock. Because again, if you go to the right sector, and yeah. like, even if you don't pick the right stock, maybe you get lucky. But with selling and when the market sells off and you're not disciplined enough, you can take quite a haircut. So um, watch, your, watch, watch your stocks, watch your pricing. We think pricing should go with what you think about the stock. The stock is not acting well. Ask yourself why and why you should still love it. If yeah. not, take your small losses. Okay. All right, Dana, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much. 
Thanks, Catherine, for having me again. Good seeing you. Thank you. Good to see you. Take care.